Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so glad once again that we're together around the Word of God. You know, the Bible says that we should talk about the Word when we rise up and when we lay down and when we walk in the way, that the Word of God is able to build us up and give us inheritance among the saints in light. It is the Word of God that grants us the grace and the peace and the power. In fact, the Bible even says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we hear the Word of God, faith is deposited in our life. I'm so glad today to get to to join together with you one more time around the Word of God. Now, let me caution you to make sure that you understand that the Word of God is only the Word of God when the Word of God is the Word of God. Just one more time. The Word of God only means what God meant when God said it. You know, sometimes people say, well, this is what it means to me. Well, that's good, and and and, and perhaps it has shades of, 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 of and facets of of, of meaning and power, but yet God had a specific intent when he wrote that word. And when it comes to the book of Proverbs, God is very direct, very specific about some things that are powerful in the lives of men and women. And so today, let's do our best to understand the word of God as we interpret the word with the word. That's how you interpret the word. God is only telling one story. Remember that. And every scripture has to line up and be interpreted in light of the one story that God is telling. Because again, the word of God is only the word of God when it is the word of God. It really only means what it means when it means what God meant. And that's the power of the word of God. And so many times people are maybe may quoting scripture or maybe, you know, um, uh, telling some uh, biblical account count, but they have it all messed up. They have it all backwards. They have it all wrong. It's called a wrong interpretation. It is a false doctrine. It's a doctrine or an interpretation that holds no power. It holds no presence. Uh, it, it, it holds no prominence because it's not what God meant. I have heard scriptures used by people as though it was giving them authority to, to, to uh, get something or do something or believe something or feel something, and they're absolutely wrong. Don't misinterpret the Word of God. In fact, you know the, the, the correct interpretation of God's Word is so powerful. It works, but it's so important that we strive to make sure that when we embrace one scripture that we don't do it to the throwing out of five others. <laughs> Every word of God fits into the one story that God is telling. That's why we have to be whole word people and not just favorite word people. It's not just like pulling promises out of a box and all of a sudden, you know, uh, we've, we've got this little promise book and, and all of a sudden these, these scriptures override every other scripture or every other common sense ideal that God placed into our life. It's very important to realize that the Bible does say that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And the whole account of God's word gives us an indication that the enemy cannot fashion things that can overcome us. God is greater than any enemy in our life and greater than any weapon that could be formed or fashioned against us. That is the truth of 
God's word. However, uh, if you take a hammer and hit your thumb with a hammer, it's going to hurt. It is a weapon and it was formed. And even if it's used against you, you know, that weapon can hurt you in those senses. It's important to realize that God meant what he meant, and but he didn't mean what he didn't mean. We need to apply spiritual sense and common sense to the word of God. And God, by the way, he is not subject to our reason and our logic. He is not unreasonable and he's not illogical either. He, but he is superior to reason, superior to man's logic. He is superior to man's wisdom. Okay. Uh, at, at any rate, let me get off that soapbox for just a moment because it is, it is one of the soapboxes that I champion. The fact that God's word holds such power, we just need to approach his word with integrity. We are not uh, called by God to use John 15 and verse 7 that says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you will and it shall be done. We are not meant to use that principle just to go around treating God like some spiritual Santa Claus and commanding him and demanding him because God, you said, if I abide in you and your words abide in me, I can have anything I want and I'm just going to, you know, I, I want a new Cadillac, Lord. I want a million dollars in the bank. Lord, I, I want to go to Tahiti for, for, uh, for uh, uh, you know, my vacation and then act like some spoiled brat that's going to use the word of God for some personal gain. The Bible says in the book of James, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. That is the truth. You know, we need to ask God for the things that we want and praying for those, praying for a new car, praying for money, praying for vacations. Those are things that God wants us to do. Okay. Absolutely. But that is not why he put that particular scripture there is so that we could demand a vacation uh, and have vacations on demand and all of heaven and earth would, would, would turn out out to be uh, our, our personal benefactors. That's not what that scripture is put there for. Because James continues, he says that you have not because you ask not. Okay, so you should ask. But then he also says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You ask so that you may consume it upon your own lust. You see, the word of God was never intended to work with its power to fulfill your lust. The word of God was not intended by God to just be your spiritual Santa Claus, to be your genie in a box. This is the word of Almighty God absolutely founded upon the integrity of God and every gift and every blessing of God paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to respect the word of God when we approach the word of God. And so today, one more time, as I said, I want to just acknowledge the fact of how wonderful it is that we get to join together again today around the Word of God, which is the Word of God, the powerful Word of God. And yes, we can pray. Yes, we can ask. But we should come before God with a humility and with a, a reasonable consideration that God blesses us. Yes, he does. But he blesses us to make us a blessing and that it's all about souls. In fact, the Bible says, look not to your own things, but every man to the things of others. We're not just looking and seeing how this word could make us richer, although it can. But you know, our riches should be a byproduct of the work that we're doing for God around the world and in our own community, in our lives and in the lives of our family. We should be busy about the work. Our reward is with us. Our work is before us. 
us, the Bible says. So as we work, the Bible says that even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any evil because God is with us. His rod and staff comforts us and he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Goodness and mercy follow us. We don't try to follow those. Goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. God prepares a table before us. We're not out here trying to prepare our own table. You know, the Bible tells us that, that signs follow believers. Believers don't follow signs. We're not chasing after the riches. The Bible also tells us that, that if you are hasty or if you're chasing down riches, the Bible says you will come to sin. You will not want for error. Uh, and, 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 and even riches. They pierce your soul through with many sorrows. So what am I saying? I'm saying let God make you rich as you go about doing His will. Let God open doors for you. Okay, uh, Don't just try to use the Word of God to fulfill your lust. The Word of God is powerful, and it's powerful when it means, when it's used the way that God intended for it to be used. So let's use this first on our hearts to prepare ourselves to be more like Christ so that we can accomplish the work of God. That's what God told Joshua. Meditate in this word, for then you'll observe to do according to all that's written therein, and then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success once we apply the word to our lives. All right. Are you ready today for Proverbs 16? Here we go. Proverbs 16. King James Version. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenue without right. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresseth not in judgment." Just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness. For the throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaketh right. The wrath of a king is as messengers of death, but a wise man will pacify it. In the light of the king's countenance is life and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud." He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teacheth the mouth, and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones." There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
He that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth it of him. An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is a burning fire. A forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. A violent man enticeth his neighbor, and leadeth him into the way that is not good. He shutteth his eyes to devise forward things, moving his lips. He bringeth evil to pass. The hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. Oh, there are so many things in Proverbs chapter 16 that we could stop this morning and meditate on and, and carry with us all day long. We're going to go back to verse number three, however, today. And today we're going to meditate on verse three. And the reality says this, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. What is Solomon saying? Solomon has gleaned the wisdom to understand that when we commit our works to the Lord, when we involve God in what we're doing, when we commit what we're doing to God, we dedicate our lives, we dedicate our work, we dedicate our marriage, we dedicate our business, we dedicate our job, we dedicate our child raising, we dedicate our relationships. When we commit what we are doing to God, when we put it in His hands, when we make Him the superintendent of what we are doing, when we commit our works to the Lord, he says this, he says, thy thoughts shall be established. What does that mean? It literally means that as we commit our works and commit our ways to the Lord, as we make God our Lord, our master, our king, and we are committed to doing these things his way, then he commits to us that he will cause our thoughts to be established. He will cause our thoughts to come into agreement with his thoughts, to come in line with his thoughts. This is the marvelous thing about the word of God. As we commit our works to the Lord, the Lord will cause us to begin to think his thoughts. The Lord will begin to renew our minds, just like Romans chapter 12 says, that we, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. How do we renew our minds? We renew our minds by the word of God as we commit ourselves and commit our works, commit our marriage, as I said, commit our businesses, our jobs, commit our day, whatever we commit to the Lord, whatever we put in his hands, whatever we cover by him, he begins to speak his word to us and his word begins to, to, to form our thoughts and he begins to, to fellowship with us about this thing. You know, let's say it's a marriage. We commit our marriage to the Lord. We get up in the morning, we pray over our spouse and we commit our marriage to the Lord and that day we pray that God would help us in our marriage and help us uh, to, to make him happy and all that we do concerning our spouse and all that we do concerning our relationship. God begins to work with us. We open a door for God. God then goes through that door, begins to work with us, begins to share his word and his presence with us. He brings life to the word that he has spoken to us. In fact, the Bible says he will bring all things to our remembrance whatsoever he has spoken to us. We begin to have inspiration and revelation on the word of God in any area that we commit to him and our thoughts begin to be formed. We begin to form uh, uh, perspectives based upon the word of God instead of just what you know someone else said to us or or, or, or what uh, you know what we've been experiencing or or what we may have learned before uh, we begin to have new perspectives we begin to get God's perspective our thoughts become established around what God thinks about it 
and what God wants us to do and what God wants us to see and what God wants us to say. He causes our thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts, all because we commit our way to him. Let me encourage you today to think on that all day long today. Think about the reality. Think about God's promise. Think, you know, you want to pull a promise out of the promise box, pull this one out of the promise box. It's not that, that, that God is just going to give you everything you think, but rather God is going to cause your thoughts to think like him. So in essence, you begin to want what he wants instead of him beginning to want what you want. Instead of you praying, 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 seeking God, fasting, praying, 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 seeking God, you know, uh, worshiping, you know, uh, fasting, worshiping, seeking God, all these other things, making your confessions, trying to change the mind of God, it's rather that we do those things in like manner, praying, praying, and fasting, and worshiping, and, and uh, you know, going to his word, and making our confessions. We do those things to change our minds, not to change God's mind, but to change our mind. We're not trying to get God to line up with what we want. We're trying to get us to line up with what God wants. And one of the wonderful things I love about God is when I commit my way to him, I always get what I want because he changes my want to line up with his want. God will change your want to line up with what he wants when you commit your ways to him, commit your works to him. He will cause your thoughts to begin to transform and you'll see yourself wanting something, you know, uh, that just lines up with the word of God. That's the way it is. So then isn't that great? You always get what you want whenever you want what God wants and you can do that by committing your works to him. I love this particular verse. It's, 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 it's so dynamic. You know, uh, Proverbs in 16.3 also lines up with Psalms 37. Psalms 37 tells us when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our heart. It's the same process. There, let that be confirmed, okay? Uh, commit your ways, commit your works to the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord's will, and he will cause you to think his thoughts. That's what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Whenever Jesus committed the cross to God, God caused Jesus to want what God wanted. It wasn't that Jesus said okay and, and regrettably went to the cross. Jesus, the Bible says, he, he embraced the cross for the joy that was set before him. He endured it. He, he realized that this, is, this was best and he wanted what was best. Well, that's what made Jesus able to go back to his disciples and tell them, sleep on, don't worry about it, sleep on, don't worry. Well, let me tell you, don't worry. Commit your works to the Lord and let him establish your thoughts. Now think on that today, okay? We're going to pray, and all day long we're going to remember to commit our works to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we ask you today, Lord, to change how we think, Lord, to line up with how you think, God. Lord, we commit our works to you today, Lord. We commit our marriage to you, Lord. We commit our children to you, Lord. We commit our jobs, Lord, our school, our businesses, Lord. God, our interactions, our relationships, Lord, our finances, Lord. Everything, Lord, we commit our investments to you, Lord. We commit our savings to you, Lord. We even give you our enemies, Lord. God, we just, we, we just give you everything, Lord. We commit our way to you. And every time we think about something today, Lord, 
especially something that might be troubling to us, especially something that might uh, have a, a, a potential to worry us. We're going to commit it to you, Lord. We're going to commit our health to you, Lord. You're going to cause our thoughts to become agreeable with your thoughts. You'll establish our thoughts. We'll begin to think God thoughts. We'll begin to have God's perspective. We'll have a heavenly perspective, Lord, on this earthly matter, and God, it will be overwhelming. Our faith shall rise, Lord, and God, we will begin to walk your way in your will. We'll walk in the Spirit, Lord, concerning the things in our life, because, Lord, you will transform our minds. You will establish our thoughts, Lord. You will cause our, 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 our thoughts to become agreeable with yours in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget, commit your works to the Lord, and so shall your thoughts be established. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you back here tomorrow for Proverbs chapter 17.